Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Wrestling Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org. Man, I feel like I get to like stand like this. It's like the room is like this, this unique arrangement. I'm just, I might just like float around a little bit. I might just like have a, a floating pulpit. <laughs> we might just come right over here and just just kind of like just preach right here. I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> oh, fair warning. I have been with some very happy people this week. I have been with my spiritual mom and dad, uh, Georgian and Winnie Banoff. Anybody know the Banoffs? Anybody know? Yeah. They are international ministers. They're actually, they've been called, they don't call themselves this, but they've been called by others, the apostles of joy. And it's because they're just whacked out happy all the time. (laughs) They have discovered a secret. It's called the bliss of knowing him. And did you know that word bliss is actually a Christian word? It was originally a Christian word, bliss. And it meant the ecstasy of salvation. (laughs) That's the origins of the word. That's the reason that word exists. The ecstasy of salvation. So I'm just going to say it because I can say stuff like this because I lead this whole thing. You should take your ecstasy this morning. You really should. You really, really should. There's an ecstasy that comes. With knowing you have been saved, with knowing your sins have been forgiven, happy are the people whose sins have been wiped out, the psalmist said. So I'm just here to fix your face. (laughs) I'm here to help you take your ecstasy today. (laughs) It's true. And this is the thing about it. When you're in love, there's a look. There's a look, right? There's a love look. You saw Eric's look change when he talked about his cute wife, right? It's just his look, his countenance shifted. There's a love look. There's a look that comes with that, right? There's not just a look. There's a a lifestyle that comes with that. And it is a joyful servanthood. It's a joyful giving of your life. It's laying down your life. And that's why I love Eric and Sarah. They're laying down their life for this. You know, they don't, they, they're just here sowing themselves into you. You understand that? They're giving themselves. Everything they do is a gift for you. Like they're giving their lives for you. They're serving you. And so that's, that's the real deal. That's the real deal. I get around people like that, and I just get extra happy. <laughs> oh, my gosh. The ecstasy of salvation. That's right. If you're upset with me, it's actually a very biblical event. Peter on the house of Simon the Tanner. All right, he is actually in a state of ecstasis when he sees the blanket come down. The blanket comes down, you know, and there's all sort of hooved animals, you know, first pigs in a blanket. First, pigs in a blanket. <laughs> first ever pigs in a blanket. <laughs> I told you I'm here to fix your face. All right. <laughs> and it comes down and God speaks to him about do not call unclean that which I have made clean. Do not call unclean that which I have made clean because God was proving to Peter. I mean, Pete. Pete walked with Jesus, all right? All right? And he was there. I mean, he was there. He had this betrayal. He was restored. He was all the way there, right? If anybody knows the power of God to cleanse something, it should be Peter. 
Come on. He betrayed him. He denied him three times, and yet he was the one who stood up on the day of Pentecost and said, this is that which the Lord has spoken of through the prophet Joel, that on my, all flesh I will pour up my spirit. Amen. So the, the coming of the Holy Spirit, the inauguration, the initiation of the church, and the joy thereof, this guy had the microphone, the betrayer. Come on. So if he, of all the people, he should know about the cleansing power of God. Right? And he says, to, God says, don't call unclean what I call clean. And then if you know the story, a messenger comes to take him to Cornelius' house, which is a Gentile outside of the Jewish race. And the Holy Spirit, wouldn't you know, comes on the Gentiles through Peter's preaching. It's while he's preaching, God, the Holy Ghost interrupts his sermon. How dare you? <laughs> and he says, who can stop these from being baptized with water? They've been baptized by the Holy Spirit. And that was a shift. That's why you're here. That's why you're here. Because a good Jewish boy heard the word of the Lord and said, this is for everybody, not just for us. The cleansing power of God is for everybody. Do not call unclean that which I have made clean, right? And so that moment actually says Peter was in a trance in many translations. I think King James even says trance. And I'm not sure about that. Don't quote me on that. But the Greek word is ecstasis. It's the word ecstasy. It's ecstasy. Look, check me, bro. Google it. You'll, you'll, you'll believe Goagle more than me, the prophet Goagle. You'll believe that more than me. It's okay. <laughs> I'm okay with it. I don't, I don't mind. All right? You can Google it. It says he was in a state of ecstasis, ecstasy. He was not just sitting there, oh. No, he was like, whoa. Blankets are flying out of the air, man. A whole bunch of animals in there. And I was supposed to eat it? What? What you say, Jesus? I was supposed to eat the thing. I'm not supposed to eat the thing. I'm not supposed to touch that thing. Just take and eat. What? No way. He is like having a trip. So if you're a offended by this. <laughs> I'm just trying to get biblical. <laughs> A state of ecstasis. And what happened? What happened? He went where he would have never gone before. He served in a way he would have never served before. Why? Because he was ready to receive the call of God in a state of ecstasy. That's, you need to get in that state. You need to take your ecstasy this morning, so that you can receive the word of the Lord. All right, I'm trying to get you ready for the sermon. I have not preached yet, just so you know. None of this is in my notes. I'm trying to get you to my notes. But there's a certain look that you need for the thing I'm going to talk about today. Okay? <laughs> so, if you have the gripping of the Lord, if you have the Lord of glory, grab your heart and you fall in love, the result is to go anywhere, do anything. Here I am, Lord, send me. Isn't a begrudging like, ooh, here I am, Lord, send me. Oh, no. Oh, no. He might send me into children's ministry. <laughs> oh, God. I'm afraid to pray that because forget Africa. Ooh. What about the two-year-olds? They're way scarier than Africa. <laughs> but if you're seeing blankets drop and you're taking your ecstasis, if you're in that place of, 
bliss because the Lord has redeemed you and he says, go, you say, yes, Lord, I'm going. Don't make sense. I'm not even allowed to go to the Gentiles. They're not even allowed, but I'm going. He broke all the rules. You understand? That's breaking the, the Jewish rules, right? Okay. God loves to break the rules. <laughs> he, God made the rules and he can break the rules. <laughs> he can break the rules that he made. Amen? God is sovereign. So all of that was because on my iPad it says, encourage, serve, team, sign up if it hasn't been done already. That's what it says there. <laughs> it said, look, you can check me. Is that what it says? Encourage, serve, team. It's right, it's right there. Yeah. So if you're not serving and this is your church, maybe you should take your ecstasy. <laughs> I'm going to say it until you're not offended anymore. <laughs> the true stuff, you know, the, everything in the world, drugs, alcohol, that's all a perversion of the pleasures of God. You understand? There's a pure version, which is the joy of knowing him. I'm not advocating drug use. Hello. If you're confused, I am not advocating drug use. I'm talking about the most high. Ain't no high like the most high. I warned Pastor Eric and Sarah. I warned them. Listen, I have been drinking since Wednesday. Okay? <laughs> Nonstop. All right? With my, some very happy spiritual moms and dads. All right, just like, Caleb, you need to receive more joy, more grace, more goodness, more of God's favor. I'm like, yes, Lord. So here I am, obeying my parents. <laughs> You should be serving. If you're, lovers serve one another. Amen? Amen? Lovers serve. So if you love Jesus, the natural result will be serving. You don't got to twist nobody's, you don't got to twist the lover's arm. And I think of Peggy and, and Buddy Palmer driving how long? An hour? And when they were in Tampa with us, down in Tampa, us, I'm sorry. I'm not, I'm, I'm everywhere. I'm at all the campuses. But I live four minutes from the Tampa campus, so it feels like whatever. But Pastor Jimmy and Gigi, that's their campus. But. It was like an hour and a half, hour 45, 63 miles every Sunday, every Sunday, Sunday after Sunday after Sunday for over a year, for three years straight. <laughs> That's a lover of Jesus who took her ecstasy. <laughs> she can't help herself. She has to go and serve because the Lord sent her. Are you guys okay? I know. I am not Pastor Eric. <laughs> I'm just not. And I'm, gonna, I'm not going to pretend to be. I'm just not going to pretend. <laughs> I am not going to lie to you. I promise not to lie to you. Okay? Is that okay? Okay, are you sure? Let's see how long I can sit here. Let's just... <laughs> you know, you got to do these things because church people are so boring. <laughs> I'm sorry. Church should be the most exciting, happy, joyful, blissed out place on the planet every Sunday. Why are the clubs having more fun than the church? Hello? I mean, serious question. You know what C.S. Lewis said? He said, the joy of the Lord is the serious business of heaven. Listen to Louis. All right? He said it, not me. Okay? The joy of the Lord is the serious business of heaven. You need to get serious about joy. Come on. <laughs> is your leg asleep yet? I weigh 130 pounds. No. Probably not. You're fine. 
you probably bench more than me. Yeah, 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 okay. <laughs> okay. I think you're ready for my sermon. It's starting to, it's, the look is there-ish. <laughs> I warned you. I did. Did I not? It's a good icebreaker. I love it. I warned him. Today, the Lord told me yesterday, I was in an airport. I flew in last night. I was flying all day yesterday, and it was awesome because I got to just, just, you know, go with Jesus above the clouds and just, whoa, and then come down multiple planes, four and a half hour layover at the airport, and I'm just like, no, I'm sitting there going, oh, Jesus, because it's, I got this really comfy chair. I'm like, thank you, Lord. I got to meet these nice ladies going to Iceland, this old, these old ladies, and they're very confused at my happiness, but it's okay. <laughs> and then they wanted to know, who are you? What are you doing? It's that look. It draws people in. <laughs> what is he on? Give me some of that. <laughs> Listen, I ain't take nothing except my bliss today. <laughs> on the way over here, I'm like, oh, yes. I forgot for a moment, I'm forgiven. Oh, I'm not just forgiven, I'm free. What? This is the greatest news ever. I almost don't like saying the words, the gospel, because it's become something else in people's minds. I like saying the good news. <laughs> I'm a good news preacher. I'm not, I don't like to say gospel preacher, but gospel means good news. And it's like so many churches are supposed to be talking about good news on Sunday morning, but instead they're focusing on all the bad news or your news. I really don't care to read your news. I want to read the good news. Amen? <laughs> and the Lord in the airport yesterday said, tell them about the power of my blood. So today, my sermon title is The Power of the Blood of Jesus. All right. So all of you who need a box, I'm starting my sermon now. Okay? <laughs> the power of the blood of Jesus. I have two points today. Ready? First point. The blood of Jesus is not a covering. It is a cleansing. The blood of Jesus is not a covering. It is a cleansing. And just like God said to Peter, do not call unclean what I have made clean. I think the church needs to stop calling herself a dirty wretch. Because God has done something to his bride. God has made you clean. And do not call unclean what God has called clean. Your actions might not line up yet. Your actions don't negate. His word. Oh, you're awesome. Listen, you're awesome. You are amazing, but you ain't that cool. You do not undo the finished work of Christ. It's, you'll never undo it. You'll never outdo it. Am I telling you to try? No, that's stupid. Are you stupid? Why would we continue in sin now that grace has come? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? Out upon the suggestion. That's Arthur S. Way's translation of Romans 6. Out upon the suggestion. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. You're going to keep sinning to get more grace? It's ridiculous. Titus 2 says grace saves us and trains us. Grace doesn't just save you. It trains you to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions and to live upright godly lives in this present age. 
That's Titus 2, 11 through 12. Okay? Upright and godly lives in this present age. So I am not advocating you just do whatever you want and be happy about it. Are you kidding me? Sin kills. Sin kills. Sin kills a believer and an unbeliever alike. All right? Sin is actually spiritual adultery on King Jesus, according to Romans 7. Okay? That's my takeaway. Because we've been set free from the law, the marriage law to sin and death. We've been free to marry another, him who has been raised from the dead. So now that we're free and married to another, going back to sinfulness is cheating on our bridegroom, Jesus, with our old ball and chain. Who's dead, by the way. So that's called necromancy. Sleeping with a dead corpse. Yes, that's what that's called. Hmm. Uh huh. Gross. That's how sin should look to you. That should be the reaction to temptation. No, thank you. I actually am for true. Oh, I'm going to lose some of you. It's okay. I am for true hyper grace. People say hyper grace. They call it sloppy grace. Did you know Romans 8 actually says the grace of God is hyper? It's abounding to us. That word abounding is hooper, hyper. It's where we get the word hyper. Literally, hyper grace is biblical. But hyper grace doesn't give you a free ticket. It trains you quickly to live godly. That's what grace does. It saves you and trains you. I want to be hyper about my godliness. (laughs) Did you... Do you need another dose of, of ecstasy? I'll sit on this leg. I need to sit on this leg over here. I'll sit on this one. I want to be hyper about my godliness. How about you? Amen. Yeah. Amen. Amen. <laughs> I Amen. Too. You want to do that? Like, yeah, yeah. Should, that's a better hyper look right there. Right there. Okay. <laughs> oh, I want it to be hyper. I want it to keep going. I want it to be that training, man. I want grace to train me to live upright and godly. Why? Because all of God's ways are the ways of life. And all of the enemy's ways are the ways of death. I want life. I choose life. Amen. Abundant life. Amen. So the blood of Jesus is not a covering. It doesn't cover you. You are not. I hate some things we say. You are not covered in the blood of Jesus. Whatever it is that you're like forgiving someone for is not under the blood. No, it's cleansed by the blood. You are cleansed by the blood. And for so long, we have called the church unclean, a dirty, wretched sinner, blah, 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 blah. Hashtag sinner saved by grace. Yeah? Not in the Bible. You will not find the verse. If you find it, come to me. I will come back here, publicly repent on the microphone. If you find it, go ahead. Do a deep dive in there. Read the whole thing. Read it in multiple translations. Try your best. Get a paraphrase. Write your own paraphrase. Try to get away with it. It's not in there. It's not in there. I just want to get biblical about my Christianity. (laughs) You you understand, like, you're seeing a picture of biblical Christianity right now. (laughs) And you might not be used to the picture. (laughs) But this is what it looks like. I am stoked on the fact that Jesus has cleansed me from all my sin. Cleanse me. Cleanse me. See, you might have been taught like I was taught. I was taught growing up that I'm covered in the blood of Jesus. When God looks at me, he sees the blood and therefore doesn't punish me for all my wretchedness that's under the blood. Because blood's kind of translucent. You know, you can kind of see through it. You know, it's not exactly, you know, a barrier like God's like, I see you're nasty. But because there's blood on it, not going to hurt you. Not punishing you. There's blood on it. There's blood. That's the old covenant. 
That's the blood of bulls and goats. I'm going to prove it to you with a lot of scripture, okay? That is not the blood of my Lord and Savior. God put on a body and then spilled his blood out on the earth. And you're telling me it's just as potent as the blood of bulls and goats? How dare you? How dare you? The DNA of God, the divine nature of Abba spilled out on that cross. And it did not cover you. It cleansed you. It's not on the outside. It's on the inside. It's in your very veins. <laughs> this makes me happy. I don't, I'm like, these are very happy songs. These are very happy lyrics. It just can't help myself but get happy. <laughs> and I don't pastor a campus anymore, so I can be a mess. I can just be like this. I can float from campus to campus like, ah. Boom! And I can just mess you up. Boom! Here, I, I brought some extra ecstasy. Here you go. Just open up. Bang! There you go. The ecstasy, ecstasy of salvation is what you need. And if you get the scriptures deep in your heart, it will be a natural result. I am not drumming this up. I'm not trying to make myself happy. I'm living from the revelation of my cleansing by the blood of Jesus. Listen to this. 1 John 1, 7. We have it on the screens for you. It says, if we walk in the light, as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. That's good, right? Yay, happy. I'm glad we're here. We have fellowship. We can do this together. You're my fellow. All right, we're fellows. We're in the same family. But not just that. It says, and, say and. And the blood of Jesus, his son, covers us. Hmm. Oh, that's the, the new American church translation. Let me get a better one. Here we go. Oh, ESV. Here we go. The blood of Jesus, his son, help me, cleanses us from all sin. You know, I looked up that Greek word all, Tony. I looked it up. Know what it means in Greek? Just take a guess. All. All. That's right. That's right. <laughs> Good student. Good student. He's been paying attention. All sin. Let me help you. All of your sin was in the future when Jesus cleansed it. All of your sins were in the future when Jesus paid for them, when Jesus forgave them. So what happened? You believed it. And then it came about in a manifest way that you live away from those old, degradating, death-filled actions. The last time you sinned and liked it was before you believed in Jesus, I promise you. Sin has pleasure for a season. It's fleeting, right? It's a moment, but then it ain't no worky, right? It's like, ugh, why did I do that? You feel that conviction. You feel guilt. You're like, ugh. You know what I'm talking about? I have found plenty of Christians who say, oh, that's not a sin. But I've never found a Christian who said, oh, yeah, sin's pleasurable. I like sinning. I've never found a single Christian that would say, I really enjoy sin. Not a single one. Does anyone want to say they enjoy sin? No, no, because here's why. You've been cleansed from that old, dirty, nasty, filthy thing. You've been cleansed on the inside. Here's the Greek word cleanse. Here's the definition. You ready? Out of Helps Word Study. It's to make pure. Ha. We have been made pure. Past tense. Made pure. Because is, is Jesus dying again like every time you sin? 
Is there another sacrifice that remains for sin? No, the book of Hebrews is very clear on that. All of your sins were in the future when he paid for them. And as you believe it and receive that truth, you stop sinning. It trains you. Grace saves you first. But the second step of your grace walk is training. This is a spiritual treadmill I've got you on this morning, all right? I'm taking you to the gym. This is the Holy Ghost gym, all right? That's the truth. You're going to get strengthened today by this word. Amen? This Greek word, cleanse, means to make pure or to remove all intermingling of filth. That's the Bible dictionary, not my opinion. To remove all intermingling of filth. So you might say, well, it says, but if we walk in the light. Let me ask you a couple questions. Nobody answer out loud. Okay, nobody answer out loud. Saving you embarrassment. Some of these are rhetorical, and you might think you know the answer, but you might not. I just don't want anyone to be embarrassed, all right? No one answer. I have two questions. Nobody answer them out loud. Three questions. You can answer the third one. I'll tell you when. <laughs> so, because it says, if we walk in light. So my question is, do our actions of walking in the light cause Jesus to cleanse us? Or has he cleansed us so we can walk in the light? Think about it. Does our fellowship with one another come from our ability to obey God? Or has Jesus made us right with God so we can have fellowship with one another? Here's the one you can answer. Are you to blame for your holiness or is he? You can answer this one. Which one? Are you to blame? You want to take the credit? Some glory, some honor, some praise unto King Jesus. But some to me because I fasted this week. I prayed really hard. I read my Bible. I read my Bible for 30 minutes. <laughs> Every day. I'm walking in the light. And therefore, he is cleansing me. Do you see how sick that is? Sick. It's wrong. It takes the credit off of Christ and puts it on you. It's wrong. Wrong mentality. Come on. You're one with the light of the world, and therefore, you can't help yourself but walk in the light. Your true self. Now, that part of you that you don't really, you're like, you know, I don't know why I do what I'm doing. That needs revelation of who's in you, and we're going to get there, okay? We're going to get there. So stick with me. Are you with me? Are you okay? Anyone too offended? I can just turn around for a minute. You can leave, and I won't even pay attention. I'll just take some more from the Lord <laughs> right now. You can go. It's okay. I'm five, four, three. Okay, we're, we're, just keep going. <laughs> First Corinthians 6.11, in case you think I'm making this up or taking one scripture out of context, it says such were some of you. And right before that, it says sexually immoral, jealous, nasty folk. All right? It makes a whole list. All right? It says such were some of you. Such were some of you. Such were. Do not call Unclean, what God has made clean. Are you with me? Such were some of you. But you were washed. You were, uh-oh, sanctified, past tense. You were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and by the Spirit of our God. How? The blood of Jesus did that. Come on. This word sanctify, you might, you might have heard that word, but you might not know what it means. It means to make holy, to consecrate. That strong concordance helps word study. He says, to regard as special. Come on. You were regarded as special. Jesus went, this one's special right here. Special. 
<laughs> That's what this word means, to regard as special or to regard as sacred. Sacred. Bro, you're regarded by God as sacred. What does that do to your heart? You're like, no, no, no. I, you didn't see what I did. Yes, he did. <laughs> Way ahead of time and took a beating for it. You believe that? Then you can say, I have been washed. I have been sanctified. I have been justified. <laughs> to regard as sacred or set apart. That's what sanctified means. Holy. Holiness is set apart. You're over here now. You were over there, but now you're over here. Come on. So let me just say this, and <laughs> I just you might need to take a drink for a second. So just go ahead and just you know get your cup out, your Holy Ghost cup, and just take a drink. All right, come on, come on. Any anybody? Just me. I'll take a drink by myself. I will drink alone. That's fine. That's okay. I'm taking a drink of the Lord because He's so good. There you go. I think a couple of you did it. <laughs> Are you ready? You ready? Because I'm telling you, you need to be a little wasted to hear what I'm about to tell you. You do. You just need to be a little bit tipsy, like easily movable. <laughs> If you think this is unbiblical, just look at how the church started. Paul, Peter said, these men are not drunk, as you suppose. And that wasn't because they're speaking other languages. You ever got drunk and speak perfect Portuguese? I don't think so. Hello? Tudo bem? I know a couple of Portuguese phrases, but I, that would never happen, right? Come on. So what was the drunkenness? It wasn't the tongues. It, they're like, oh, and they're declaring the glory of God. They're like, you got to hear this. That's what happened to the 120. Turned into 3,000. I wonder what would happen if these 30 or 40 got a little bit tipsy. What would that turn into? Maybe 2,000, 10,000. Maybe all of Wesley Chapel would be saved. Does anybody want peace to reign in this city? This is the game plan. You stoked on the fact that Jesus cleansed you. That's the plan. <laughs> it's not a, you know, a, an academic thought. I love what Eric's doing on Tuesday starting out. You should all go. I'm signing. I signed up for the class. I'm going. I want to hear from him. I want to learn theology. But theology is the, the study of God. And God is love. It's the, it's it's the love study. And if you fall in love, you get a little wasted. <laughs> you get a little, the ecstasy of salvation, it's, you should have that bliss look, you know. <laughs> I shouldn't, shouldn't say this. Oh, Lord, I shouldn't say this. I'm going to say it. <laughs> you know how people say, like, RBF? You know, anyway, if you don't know, it's okay. But I'm, I'm hoping for the church to have a resting bliss face. <laughs> it's so bad. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. The other one's not a nice word. I'm hoping you get a resting bliss face. <laughs> now, when you're not thinking about it, you're just like, this is my default look. I can't turn it off. It's just the way my face rests. <laughs> <laughs> oh, can I get in trouble at my own church? I mean, I think I can. I think I can. Oh, okay. Sanctified. 
means to make holy, to consecrate, to sanctify. Did you sanctify you? Did Jesus sanctify you? Okay, well, let's look at this definition, to consecrate. This is one of the things. This is a sacred cow in the church. Consecrate yourself. Come down to the altar. Consecrate yourself. You need to get on your knees. You need a season of consecration. You got to add syllables to make it spiritual. Add syllables. Like Jesus is more spiritual with three syllables. Jesus. You know. (laughs) We cannot consecrate ourselves any more than we can redeem ourselves. He has consecrated you. You can live from a place of consecration, but you cannot consecrate you. That was the thing you had to be a little drunk to hear. I hope you heard it. We can only respond to his consecration and purification of us. We cannot create it ourselves through good works. And you're like, I'm not doing that. Yes, you are. If you think Jesus is smiling more because you read your Bible, you are living this way. I'm calling you out, every one of you. (laughs) I don't mind. I don't mind doing it. This is speaking the truth of love. You know, the Bible says faithful are the wounds of a friend. I'm here to cut you. (laughs) I'm here to cut you deep. Deceitful are the kisses of an enemy, but faithful are the wounds of a friend. I'm your friend. I'm here to cut you. He's the great physician. Song of Solomon says, no one speaks words so anointed as this one. Words that both pierce and heal. You feel pierced, you're about to get healed. (laughs) Amen? If you think God is more pleased with you because you came to church this morning, you are in deception. You are deceived. He is pleased with you all the time. Because he has done something to make you pleasing. You don't... (laughs) The pleasure you bring him is just the cherry on top. And it's a response to him making you pleasurable. (laughs) Come on. This is a good word. I don't care who you are. Oh, my gosh. My iPad's dying. I got to preach faster. It's a sign. Hebrews 10, 1 through 14. Listen to this. This is a lot of scripture. Hebrews 10, 1 through 14. It starts off saying, since the law has but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form of these realities, the law being the law of Moses, you know, the temple sacrifice, cleansing your robes before you go into the presence, the high priest only, all that stuff, the, the whole ordinance of the law. Are we okay? That's, that's the Old Testament. Since the law is but a shadow of the good things to come, instead of the true form, say true form, Of these realities, it can never, say never, never Never by the same sacrifices that are continually offered every year, make perfect those who draw near. Hello? It can never. And our form of law today is go to Bible study every week, tune in, Tuesday nights at 7, or else you're not walking in the light. Come on, am I making this up, or is this the mentality of the church? It's the, okay, you're, you're, it's pastor approved. Pastor Eric approved. All right? Come on. It can never, by the same sacrifices, by the same prayer meetings, by the same Bible study routine, by the same, by your efforts, it will never make you perfect. The good news is he already made you perfect. <laughs> Come on. Otherwise, it keeps on going. Otherwise, would they not have ceased to be offered since the worshipers, having once been cleansed, would no longer have any consciousness of sins? Whoa, there's a lesson here, y'all. You should be sun conscious, not sin conscious. 
He has forgotten all of your future sins before you even do them. Your wicked ways I'll remember no more, Hebrews 8 says. Remember them never. But it says in these sacrifices, there is a reminder of sins every year. Talking about the law, a sacrifice, bringing a lamb to the altar, all that stuff. There's a reminder of sins every year. For it is impossible for the blood of bulls and goats to take away sins. Consequently, when Christ came into the world, he said, sacrifices and offerings you have not desired, but a body you have prepared for me. In burnt offerings and sin offerings, you have taken no pleasure. Hear me. He's not taking pleasure in you doing good works. He's not. He takes pleasure in who you are. That's what gives him pleasure. The good works follow as a natural result, but his pleasure is in who you really are. Come on, this is such good news. It says, in sin offerings you have taken no pleasure. Then I said, behold, I have come to do your will. This is Jesus talking to God. I have come to do your will, O God, as it is written of me in the scroll of the book. When he said, this is back to the author of Hebrews, when he said, quote, you have neither desired nor taken pleasure in sacrifices and offerings and burnt offerings and sin offerings, these are offered according to the law. Then he added, behold, I have come to do your will. He does away with the first in order to establish the second. Okay, a lot of the church is still living in the first. Old covenant paradigms. It's wrong. It's disobedience. Come out from your rebellion. <laughs> ah, and by that will, say that will. We have been sanctified through the offering of the body of Jesus Christ once for all. Say once for all. And every priest stands daily at his service, offering repeatedly the same sacrifices, which can never take away sins. But when Christ had offered for all time a single sacrifice for sins, he sat down in the resting place. He was in the resting place at the right hand of God, waiting from that time until his enemies should be made a footstool for his feet. For by a single offering, he has perfected for all time those who are being sanctified. See, people take those last two words. They take these last two words and say, see, it's still happening. I'm like, you are straight out of context, homie. It's like straight out of Compton, but worse, you know, straight out of context. Beings, see, we're still being saved. No, 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 no. He has perfected for all time with one sacrifice, all time, forever, those who are being sanctified, meaning those who are receiving it. The, the kingdom is being added to every day. Come on, people are receiving Christ every day. That's what that's talking about. Come on. The blood of bulls and goats covers your sins. But the blood of Jesus cleanses you from sin. You're not covered in the blood. You're cleansed by it. Someone say amen. That's my first point. <laughs> point one. I think I'm in trouble. Because here's point two. This is going to go really fast because I actually have to leave in 17 minutes. No doubt. I have to get over to the other campus for a thing. So I just have to go. I'm going to drop it on you and go, all right? <laughs> I'm going to hand it to Eric, and you're going to have whatever you're going to have, all right? Point number two, sanctification is not a process. It is a person. The process we are in is in is called this. This is a process. There's a process called the revelation of the sanctified one in us. That's the process. We preach, I preach, progressive revelation of our sanctification through our union with Christ. There is something progressive. Something's progressing. Today, in this moment, you are progressively believing that Christ in you is the hope of glory. You have progressed a little bit. 
you've started to believe a little more. There is a progressive revelation. There's a progressive unveiling, a progressive revealing of what Christ has done. But you do not make you holy. No matter what you do, 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 do. Okay? (laughs) We preach progressive revelation of our sanctification through our union with Christ. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 31 proves it. You ready? Can you listen fast? I'm going to read fast. 1 Corinthians 1, 18 through 31 says, for the, by, for the word of the cross is folly to those who are perishing, but to us who are being saved, it is the power of God. For it is written, I will destroy the wisdom of the wise, and the discernment of the discerning I will thwart. Who, where is the one who is wise? Where is the scribe? Where is the debater of this age? Has not God made foolish the wisdom of the world? For since in the wisdom of God, the world did not know God through wisdom, it pleased God through the folly of what we preach to save those who believe. For Jews demand signs and Greeks demand wisdom and Americans demand three points in a poem. But we preach Christ crucified. Sorry, I just threw that in there. We preach Christ crucified. A stumbling block to Jews and folly to Gentiles. But to those who are called, but both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. He is the power of God and the wisdom of God. So what I'm saying to many people is foolish. Wait, I'm already free i'm already perfect that's foolishness yeah he's talking to you he's talking to you (laughs) going on for the foolishness of god is wiser than men and the weakness of god is stronger than men for consider your calling brothers not many of you were wise according to worldly standards hello I ain't got no degrees. I got nothing. I just got a call and anointing and a radical level of love for Jesus that doesn't care what you think. That's why I'm here. And Eric has a degree, so we're, we're legal. <laughs> Consider your calling, brothers. Not many of you were wise according to worldly standards. Much of the world would just walk out of here right now like, this guy, he's gone. This is ridiculous. Not many were powerful. I'm a buck 30 soaking wet, all right? Like, I mean, for real. Not many were of noble birth. I am certainly not that. But God chose what is foolish in the world to shame the wise. God chose what is weak in the world to shame the strong. God chose what is low and despised in the world, even things that are not, to bring to nothing things that are, so that no human being might boast in the presence of God. And because of him, say because of him. Because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became to us, listen, wisdom from God, righteousness, and sanctification, and redemption, so that it is written, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. He became to us sanctification. Sanctification is not a process. It's a person named Jesus Christ. And that person is being revealed to us. As you see him, you will be like him. As you see the beauty of Christ, sinfulness becomes a really bad idea. You don't need to try harder against your sin. You need to see better him who conquered it. I'm going to say it again. You don't need to try harder against your sin. You need to see better him who conquered it once and for all. Gosh, that's a good word. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. He says, let the one who boasts, boast in the Lord. I'm here very boastful. I am an extremely boastful person in one thing, the Lord Jesus, who saved me, transformed me. I love my wife well because of Jesus. I love my children because of Jesus. 
I get to love you. I get to preach. I get to do these things. I get to travel and go to conferences and bless people all because of Jesus. It is not of myself. I am a, like a water hose, and he's the water, all right? And the inside of the hose gets wet, and that's why I'm happy. But I am not the source. Come on, somebody. This is the power of the blood of Jesus. Galatians 6.14, last scripture. says, my only boast, say my only boast, is in the crucifixion of the Lord Jesus, our Messiah. In him, come on, in him, I have been crucified to this natural realm, and the natural realm is dead to me and no longer dominates my life. That's totally opposite from the language of the church right there. The church, oh, we live in a fallen world, brother. We're only human, brother. I don't know why Hulk Hogan always comes out with that one. I don't know. (laughs) What do you want from me? Paul struggled with his flesh. Are you kidding me? Paul wrote that. Paul wrote that. Under the unction of the Holy Ghost. That's heaven's language. No man would come up with something like that. He's still breathing. He's saying, I'm dead to the world. And the world's dead to me. And that's my only boast in Christ Jesus alone. His cross has severed the tie, one translation says, from this world. Severed the tie. Come on. (laughs) So I wrote some declarations yesterday. I got very happy in the airport (laughs) writing this sermon. And I wrote some declarations. And I want us to do these declarations. And so I'm going to have the band come up because you guys have another song planned, Hope. Yes, I think. Does Sarah need to come back in or no? You guys got it. I don't know how that works. You got it. She said, I got it. And once they get set, uh, we're going to make some declarations. We're going to declare the truth over ourselves. So would you all stand? Was this good? Was this helpful? Come on. It's good news. It's good news. I'm going to give you, it's like 13 declarations. So we're going to say them back to back, all right? So, Michael, you can, it's just, Michael should start. You play. And then the rest of y'all can join in after we do the declaration so we can hear everything. So, Michael, we'll just, you know, hold one chord or something, whatever. Something really nice and spiritual. <laughs> Make it feel spiritual in here. There it is. Okay, now we got the Holy Ghost. <laughs> All that other stuff, that guy's shouting and laughing. I don't know about that, but, man, a keyboard. Ooh! I got the Holy Ghost goosebumps. No, come on, come on. Declaration time. You ready? First declaration, I'm going to say it to you, and then you say it back if you believe it with your heart, all right? I'm not going to make you say anything, but these are great declarations from these scriptures. Number one, I am clean right now. Come on. I am clean because of your works, Jesus, and not mine. I have a new family line because of your finished work. I cannot make myself holy, and I'm going to stop trying. <laughs> that's, a good, that's such a good one. You have made me holy by your very blood. I am covered by the blood. I am cleansed by the blood. I am not figuring out my salvation. I'm working out my salvation. My weakness is not repulsive to you. It's attractive. You are my wisdom. You are my righteousness. You are my holiness. You are my redemption. I will boast in you and you alone. 
Come on. Say it to him a few times. I will boast in you and you alone, Jesus. We will boast in you and you alone and what you have done and what you have done for us, Lord. So, Jesus, make it real. Make it real for our hearts. Come on. His shirt, your shirt says atoned. Your shirt says it. Atoned. Come on. Make it real for our hearts. We receive faith right now, Lord. Come on, receive the faith of God. We receive faith to believe that is the good news of the gospel. And we are not going to try and change the story. We're not going to try and change the script. We believe you, Lord. We believe you. Yeshua HaMashiach, God our righteousness, Jesus our Messiah, the one who is and is to come, the one who was and is and is to come. Thank you, God, you have made us clean. We refuse to call unclean that which you have made clean. We bless the name of the Lord. We bless the name of the Lord. We say thank you, Jesus, for what you have done. Come on, let Thanksgiving rise up. Thank you, God, for cleansing me of all my sin. Thank you, Lord, for making me new, a new creation in you that never We'll go back to that old nasty way. We thank you, God. You have made us and you will keep us. You have made us and you will keep us. We just surrender to you right now. We surrender to you in Jesus' name. Thank you for listening to this podcast from the Blessing Place Wesley Chapel. We hope you feel honored, empowered, and full of faith because of what you hear. And we would love to see you at our gathering soon. For more resources like this, head to trpfamily.org.